I've never seen a corporation bring in a group of suppliers and go, here is our sourcing process start to finish, right? And then have them help us understand where are the pain points? Why does this put another barrier in place to bringing them on board? And then have them help us innovate on how do we make it simpler? I've never seen that done. Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity with everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders. With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Higher Ground. Higher Ground is a technology company whose mission is to bridge the wealth gap through access to procurement opportunities. Higher Ground is making the enterprise ecosystem more viable, profitable, and competitive by clearing the path for minority-led, women-led, LGBT-led, and veteran-led small businesses to contribute to the global economy as suppliers to enterprise organizations. For more information on getting started, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E-G-R-O-U-N-D.io. Now on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. I'm Adam Moore in studio once again with Chloe Goodry-Reed. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about ideal supplier diversity setup and what does that look like? Various industries and companies often handle supplier diversity and procurement differently. And a lot of times, supplier diversity programs can prove to be inefficient and imperfect. Suppliers have to figure out a whole new system when they want to work with other companies. And the atmosphere of a new supplier diversity program can be, a diff- can be difficult to adjust to. So today, we're going to pull back the curtain, so to speak, right? And we want to ask the question, what does an ideal supplier diversity setup look like? And before we dive into this, I want to address one thing. So to all of my corporates out there, who are thinking about putting together a supplier diversity program, please do your research on how much it costs before we even get into setting it up, okay? I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people and they're like, well, I want a supplier diversity manager can do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, okay. And we're talking through things. I want to be able to already have connections and know how to work this and do that. And, oh yeah, by the way, it's going to be on a global scale and it's a one person show and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, so what do you think the compensation package is going to start at? And they go, X. And I'm like, you're never going to find anybody. Never and, one day has all that experience. Right. Yeah. We want five years experience. You want to see programmatic, you know, programmatic growth. And I'm like, that's great. I was like, and those people are out there, but at what you just thought your price tag was going to be, I was like, you're going to get somebody that's maybe been the analyst for another team and has never had experience managing anybody, let alone themselves. Right. So I say this. So as we walk through this, realize these aren't cheap solutions. Supplier diversity done intentionally is not cheap. You're right. It costs money annually year over year. So let's just let's just kind of I just want to set that expectation before we went over this, because these are some conversations I've been having recently. And I'm just shaking my head going, you have no idea what goes on in our departments. Well, it's funny that you say that because, you know, sometimes you see companies and they will launch their supplier diversity program and then all of a sudden it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Maybe for that very reason is that they didn't properly anticipate how much it was going to cost to set up Mm -hmm. 
educational steps and mm-hmm. processes and right. hire the right people. Right. I was mentoring a very famous sports car brand, and that's just where I'm going to leave it. And I was talking to their supplier diversity mantras, and I was like, so what's your five-year goal? She lays out this goal. I'm like, well, okay, that's like a 15-year mature program, A. I was like, and B, I was like, how much experience do you have? And she goes, oh, well, I was the intern. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. Can you back this back up for me one more time? She goes, yeah. So I was the intern in strategic sourcing and I just volunteered to do it. And now it's become my permanent job. And I'm like, all right, you know, so this is, this is where we find ourselves sometimes in this profession, you know, but you and I talk about this on and off air, right? There's yes. very little, there's only one certification out there, the certified supplier diversity certification, right? Uh, manager, certified supplier diversity manager. And yeah, I think we need we need to have some bigger conversations about this. I'm really kind of excited about today's topic and, yes. and, and digging into what this what does this look like, right? And and I think we also have to remember that this is going to be like from yours and mine standpoint. And there's yes. so many different flavors and ways this can be done. But yeah. I think, you know, just going to kind of share with you what we think is going to work well. Yes, I'm ready because I, I am too. Ideas around Let's it. Do this. Okay. So simply, what you've seen work? Well, you know, there's lots of things that I've seen work, but what I think stands out to me is when you hire someone who understands business. Oh, bringing in someone who understands how your business operates or can quickly feed on how your business operates because it's easier for them to really understand, you know, all the various categories and how suppliers help with when they're coming in, how to navigate that and to describe the work that they're going to be doing. So if they understand and understand the business and the outcomes that the organization is looking to achieve, it makes it easier I think, for suppliers because that person is more informed about not only supplier diversity, but also about the business operations. Right. I completely agree. And I think we've talked about that before. One of the recipes for success is grooming some of your strategic sourcing people to become either allies to supplier diversity or become part of your department, right? right? Because they understand what does it take to get in? What are the barriers to entry? Who are the decision makers, right? These are all important parts. And I think, like we said in the opening, suppliers, and we've had this conversation, right? Either professionally or off the air with with some of our different listeners, suppliers are often feeling like they're banging their head against the wall going, I feel like I'm just, you know, talking to a wall and nothing is happening. Going around in circles. I hear that. Going around in circles. Oh, we hear that all the time, right? I'm getting passed around, you know, and yeah, it can seem like that too. So having people to understand how the machine works and where the different entry and exit points are, I think is, is super critical uh, to making something work, but what's the converse, right? So what's, what, what are things that you have seen just kind of fail, fizzle out, flop, I don't think I can think of another F word to say there, but I shouldn't. <laughs> or shouldn't, yes. I'm like, shouldn't. Yes. Um, what have I seen fail? You know what? I, I've seen things fail when people try to bite off more than they can chew. Oh, thank you. That is the biggest thing. It's like, you know, I'm going to do this this year and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. You have too many things and it's hard to really make sure that you're staying focused on the primary mission and the primary goal. And if that is increase the number of diverse suppliers within your supply chain, or if it's to increase your spend, 
need to be utilizing and leveraging strategies to make that happen at the end of the day. And all your activity needs to support that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think another way to fail, too, is not being clear about what you're trying to accomplish. Right. Right. I've talked to so many different managers and leaders, and I'm like, so what is what is the goal? What are you guys driving towards? Right. They're like, we want to we're going to be the or we are the world class premier supplier diversity department. I'm like, well, that's a statement. So <laughs> what is your goal? Right? Right. What are you trying to do? And that and all of a sudden crickets, you know. Because it, it sounds great to say we're going to be the first world class, blah, blah, blah. But if you don't understand what it takes to get there, you're setting yourself up to fail. Yeah. Right. Again, yeah. It, it comes back to we say it every episode intentionality. What am I doing? What am I driving towards? What am I trying to affect? You know, and if you don't know that, you set yourself and your department up for failure. Absolutely. You know, because I've got, I'm going to tell you all a little secret. Are you ready for this? Right. Supplier diversity happens if you don't have a supplier diversity department. <gasps> I just spoke heresy on this show, but it's true. It is true. Yeah. You it's can do away with every supplier. All the yes. around it and rally if it's part of your culture. Right. Exactly. Because guess what? In the normal turn of business, you're going to do business with diverse suppliers. So if you don't know why you have professionals on staff every day, ready to do supplier diversity. Why, why have them? Yeah. Right. You have to know where you're going, guys. You have to know it. You have to know it. And I think that that's also like to your point, like I just want to really bring that home because if you really don't know what the goal is of the program right. and you're just doing it more out of compliance because of client requests. Right. You can get very lost in all the things that come oh. in the supplier diversity space. It's true, but then it's not organic to you, right? I'm doing it because you're kind of making me do it, you know? And, and if, and if I'm, and then if you haven't, so there's no true adoption, right? And if there's no true adoption, there's no true execution. And if there's no true execution, we're right back to that first scenario of what are you doing? What are you doing? Right. Yeah. And I mean, if that's the route you're going to go and to my earlier statement that it, doing business with diverse suppliers is just going to happen because they are everywhere. Everywhere. And they're going to just be everywhere. Just be honest and go look at the money we're spending with diverse suppliers. Ta-da. But, you know, I do think that there needs to be some sort of outreach and engagement efforts because a lot of times uh, there absolutely has to be. Yeah, there has to be. And because I think that we think of traditional ways that business have been has been done. It's based right. based on relationships. It's hundred percent based on relationships. If you didn't have those relationships as a small business owner, you came from a different community than right. those decision makers did. Then you might find yourself struggling just to get access to someone who can purchase your right. or product, and that right. that I think is where the real advocacy needs to start. I completely agree with you. And I think sometimes in corporate America, we lose that connection, right? We don't put, we don't connect those two dots together. Um, and we're thinking about bill spend, bill spend, bill spend, bill spend, you know, can you scale that type of thing? And we're very quick to sit there and go, nobody in this space, boom, next thing, right? And we don't stop and really think about, well, 
how do I change that, right? How do I now become an agent of change? And I think we're so many times trying to stay in front of the, what do you mean you put that RFP out seven days early? Why didn't you tell me this project was coming up? How could you let this contract expire? Why didn't you let me know this contract was expiring? You know, you're trying to stay ahead of that supplier diversity train that is literally speeding down the tracks. We forget that sometimes we need to stop and build the relationship. We need to stop and develop a business in a space where we're not finding anybody to help provide us goods and services. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. You've got to help train up this next generation of suppliers for these that companies see come on the pike in the next 18 to 20 months. And people need to be very thoughtful and, you know, not to be redundant, but intentional about how to go about accessing, but also looking closely at your current procurement and supplier onboarding processes, making sure that they're not too arduous for small businesses, because sometimes just the cost of doing business with some of these organizations, particularly if they're financial institutions or um, public sector, if they're dealing with the public, I mean, just to be in compliance, you know, around SOX 1 and SOX 2, it's it's expensive. It's expensive. Yeah. SOX 2 audit is not cheap. Oh, no. Yeah. It costs last year, what, I think everything from the assessment to the audit, $88,000. Yeah. Right. And then throw on top of that an annual renewal of your diverse certification. Right. Right. And then all the other certificates of insurance and everything else that's required to even do. Yeah. What you're in six figures without even trying hard. Exactly. If you just work with, with corporations. And so exactly. I think also examining. And so because small businesses have made this effort to be in compliance, to make sure that they're attractive to category managers, supplier diversity, professionals, procurement and supply chain. I think that as corporations, we owe it to the small business community to take a hard look at our procurement processes and Mm -hmm. processes and making sure that they're as efficient as they can be so that we're clearing the way for some of these suppliers who are qualified, but may not understand, you know, how to navigate all these things. How do we make this easier? Right. Right. You know, and can't tell you how many times I've been involved in a some sort of think tank or project team of let's you know make uh, sourcing simpler yes right and so we go through it but nobody brings in a supplier or a group of suppliers yeah right? and talk to them about what is it like where does it need to change right so we're all analyzing this issue from the corporate lens, which you you have to do because there are right. compliance things that we have to take into account. I've never seen a corporation bring in a group of suppliers and go, here is our sourcing process start to finish, right? And then have them help us understand where are the pain points? Why does this put another barrier in place to bringing them on board? And then have them help us innovate on how do we make it simpler? I've never seen that done. I haven't seen that either. And I think that that is something that as we, you know, get further and further into the 21st century, it's something when you look at other spaces and other industries, platforms are taking over pipeline businesses and historic supplier diversity has been ran like a pipeline, like, and as opposed to a platform when you're creating an ecosystem. Correct. Of different pers- different perspectives, different parties, and it, it just allows for a lot more decentralization, but yet 
if you think about it, it is centralized, right? So, I mean, it is. one of the things I think also is just like this is supplier registration, you know, uh, portals at every turn, like well, internal and, and just. Yes. And that's where, that's where I think corporates have fallen down on and, and something that when I manage my teams, I'm very particular about, and that is the supplier registration portals, right? And I can tell. If I'm going to somebody's portal and I pull it up, I can tell exactly whose portal it is <laughs> and whether those are the stock questions or not. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, and I've surprised many people by saying, oh, that's so-and-so's portal and you didn't modify it. And they're like, uh, yeah, how did you know? I was like, because <laughs> it, it shows. Yeah. And I don't blame them, right? This last conference we were at by the third day, I'm like, look, I know you have been registration portaled to death and yeah, I'm going to yes. do it to you too. But- <laughs> We took six months, six months to develop our custom questions, right? Because we're like, it makes no sense to ask questions that have no relevance to what we do. Absolutely give us no guidance on if we can use this supplier or not. So we're like, so what makes sense to us? Right. And we sat down and boom, here it is. And it took us six months to deploy, six months longer than it should have. I shouldn't say should have. We delayed it six months to get it done correctly so that it's useful. Because yeah. the worst thing, and I see it happen. Oh, I see it happen all the time. We got this new tool in, you jam it into place, you sit there and go, yeah, it does not work like the sales rep showed me it was going to work. Yeah. You know? And then yeah. you sit there and go, I just, you know, I'm going to go back to my Excel spreadsheets. I'm going to go back to this antiquated system. And this thing that's supposed to save us time. And I'm just paying money to have it sit on the shelf. So we've got to be intentional about these systems, especially registration portals. I completely agree. And that's why I think inside supplier diversity, you need to have one person who's kind of your IT yes. systems data person. Absolutely. Right. And they may not travel with the team, right? They to the different shows. Should. And they, they probably, probably shouldn't. Right. I want them back in the farm, keeping yeah. an eye on, you know, on what's going on there. And I, if I need to call them up and say, I need you to pull all of this for me real fast. I've got it in a matter of a few seconds while I'm sitting on the floor, right? But I cannot tell you how many times I'm like, oh, I need XYZ data and I have to go to the procurement business analysts and go, hi, on top of the 4,000 other requests you've gotten, I need you to pull the data to look like this and this and this. And their job is not to understand supplier diversity and supplier diversity data is so much different than regular spend data. The way we parse it out look at it and analyze it is different. It just is. People, please hear me. It is different, right? So I definitely think that every supplier diversity team needs to have one person who is monitoring your registration portal, is doing your tier two reporting, is doing all of your business analytics. Absolutely. Right? And those three things right there will turn in, even if it's not from the moment you start them inside, I guarantee you inside six months, that will be a full-time 40-hour position work week. And they're going to sit there and go, well, I really have to take 50 hours to get all this done. <laughs> Goodness. I mean, it is. And so when we think about just like improving efficiencies, just in general, right. do you think a global marketplace could benefit? I think, yes. I, but I think we have to be, I'm going to use our same, our favorite word. We have to be intentional about it. Absolutely. Right? And I think we're, I think we're close, but I think we're far away in the same sentence. Right. I think for low risk items, if I'm going to buy lapel pens or ink pens, you know, tchotchkes, or I'm going to buy paper or cafeteria supplies, right? Things that will not inherently ruin a company. Yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You can go to Amazon business and just, right. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but what I would like to see is an Amazon business of certified suppliers. In other words, everybody I buy from in here, I know is certified. I love right? that. And this tool gives me some sort of reporting back that says, oh, here's all your tier one spend that you came from out of the portal. And yeah. here's what you bought. Yeah. Right. And here's who bought. Ah, yeah, exactly. Across the organization. So then you right. can, a lot of companies will have incentive programs for participating and engaging the diverse suppliers. Exactly. Exactly. So for that, I think there is definitely, I think that could be interesting to a lot of people, right? But it has to cross every nomenclature of diversity known to mankind. Yeah. Right. And the other thing, too, is what it has to do is it has to allow me to search on every diversity aspect known to mankind, too. Absolutely. Right? Because sometimes we have our bosses will come and say, we need to spend more with black entrepreneurs or Asian entrepreneurs or female entrepreneurs or LGBTQ entrepreneurs. So we have to be able to have that ability to say, let me see everybody who provides paper that fits these criteria, right? Um, so I think there, so, but I think it's when you start getting into services, right? That tends to become a little bit more ticky. I think there still could be a global platform or platforms, but there has to be, and the industries have to come together, right? So mm -hmm. healthcare or banking or transportation have to come together and go, these are the key metrics for our entire industry. Yes. Okay. And then they have to sit there and go, a certified supplier looks like this. Yeah. And that's, and so honestly, I think this is where the NGOs need to step up. Stop certifying. Okay. Stop. Don't stop certifying diverse businesses. Okay. Yes. I almost said that wrong. But yes. give us corporate America a little bit more value and start certifying people that are ready for the financial district, for transportation, healthcare right? Start and utilities. Utilities are another group that have a certain sit down. You have the industry groups. I bang my head against this. I'm like, you have the industry groups. You form the industry groups. The, the people who know what they need are literally in your organization. Yeah. Create the certification. I think as, and Chloe, correct me if I'm wrong, you're a black female, small business owner, yes. right? If we bank came to you and said, Hey, along with your certification, if you do this other part along with it, will get you certified to do business with financial institutions. Yeah. That, I think that would be a value add to you. Value add for sure. Right. Yes. Talk about a differentiator finally between the NGOs. Honestly, as corporate America, I sit there and go, I don't see the difference between all of you. At yeah. the end of the day, at the end of the day, I was like, and I'm still talking to some of the same people I talk to at every conference, regardless of yeah. the letters behind the conference name. Yeah, I think I think that that's something that they need to start looking at really closely mm -hmm. because their value proposition, I think, on both sides is slowly diminishing and they've got to start thinking about how we need to evolve with the time. Yeah. But if even if they, if they all came together, you know, that would be ideal and certified and you could just apply to be a certified diverse business and you don't have to go to all these different chambers and NGOs and you could just say, oh, okay, you know, you come in, you fill out your paperwork. Well, we'll tell you what you're certified for because there's a lot that we could certify for. You know, it's like the fact that I have to go over here to this company and this to and this NGO and then to the SBA. And this is like, okay, well, where do we want to spend our time? Where are we going to get the most? Right. right. 
Right. And then you have things like the SBA, the SBDC. And I bet you there aren't five businesses that can tell you what the difference between the two are. Yes. But we did tell everybody we're going to get behind supplier diversity teams. I think we've taken on supplier diversity as a whole topic on this one. Yes, yes. I think because we're passionate about it. And it's something we are passionate about we this. want yes. to make sure that creates a, a legacy. And it creates a legacy. And I think it shows that it's all interconnected. It's so interconnected. Right? For supplier diversity teams to do well, we have to have the right tools. We have to have the right platforms. We have to have the right attitudes. And we have to have our NGO partners kind of start to think outside their, their box a little bit right. on that, right. you know, right. You know, exactly. Exactly. I think yeah. we definitely need to do that. And um, I think there's just a lot of opportunity for there to be a lot of growth on both sides. There really is. And I think people are going to have to realize that we can't do things the way we've done them even five years ago. Right. And, and I think we also have to realize that it's time for people to recognize the supplier diversity professional as a super specialized DE&I officer um, that has a concentration in sourcing. Right. And I think we need to start doing some better compensation studies on them yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, because it's one of those things I used to say um, about police work, and that is. If you want highly qualified candidates, you got to pay the price for highly qualified candidates. Absolutely. Right. Otherwise, yeah, you're going to get people in there and you're like, how did this fall apart? Which you don't want. You don't want because talk about something that could blow up fast. That's the thing is like yep. one of those things that you can just push under the rug or behind a door, nope. behind a curtain, because it is so visible and more and more companies that you're working with, more of your customers are wanting to know, what are you doing? What are you doing? Right. And so not saying anything too is just as deadly. Yes. So don't put together a supplier diversity team and say, okay, I want you to talk about everything but supplier diversity. That's definitely challenging. Yes. Because it's more of a figurehead than you are really more of an change agent, which is really what Supplier diversity professionals really correct. They, they don't get their their due credit around all the good work that they do and forming organizations. They really don't. No, not at all. So you know that just struck me with an idea. Sure, let's hear it. We we as a podcast should have an annual award. We should. I love that idea. We could call it like the Breaking Barrier Supplier Diversity Innovation Award. I love it. And have our winner on the podcast with us. Yes, 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 yes. We should do that. And you know what I think is, you know, right now awards are only recognizing billion dollars and right. billion dollars spend. And I think because that's the only measure, there's right. behavior that happens as a result of that, right? Exactly. But if we are creating different categories, like, right. you know, most innovative or, you know, highest growth numbers, not necessarily right. got to a billion dollars, you know, because exactly milestones that are, that should be recognized and awarded. And impactful in our yes. space. Yes. And, you know, or maybe it's um, expansion of your team or even, very foundational, recognizing companies who launched their supplier diversity program yep. for the very first time. Exactly. 
Yes, I could go on and on for on and on. But I think that's us. But that's us backing up what we say on the show. Yeah. And if we want it to change, well, we got to jump in and do it ourselves. We do. You do. You, if you want to have something done right, then you got to do it yourself, right? Is that what the saying is? Uh, yeah. I am now all of a sudden am inspired to start singing the Michael Jackson tune, Man in the Mirror. I will spare you all that, but. <laughs> when I think about some of the consulting work that we've done recently. Sure. And, yes. You know, obviously, you know, Higher Ground is a software and it's an enabler. It's not the end all be all because there is a lot of foundational things, even outside of right. foundational things. There's a lot of things that have to happen off of the platform, but right. you need a tool to help you. But if it's yeah. steps, we're at step five of that, of that process, you know? Right. Right. But the consulting work that we've done has just allowed me to see, and it's encouraged me to to just be able to witness so many companies transforming their procurement and creating spaces for diverse suppliers where there weren't before and right. companies coming together, employees coming together inside those organizations to even train suppliers, owners, uh, you know, and it's just, it's just something that I just feel like I love about our space. It is so yeah. collaborative and it, it is and supportive. And yes. supportive. If they truly understand it then and understand economic disparity and yes yeah. and all those things. And it's like, Oh, you know what? This is, this is pretty awesome. Yes. That it you know, and helps people get more involved. That just made me think of something else we could do. You ready for this? Yes. We could have a hackathon. I love that. Okay. So we have so many companies headquartered here in Atlanta in the yes. Southeast, Yes. right? We could ask them, where are you finding this dark hole, right? Where are you finding somebody that nobody can do anything in? Yeah. Okay, great. Let's now invite several high-end diverse companies and let them hackathon the solution beyond, beyond, let's just go buy somebody that's doing it already and make them diverse. Okay. That's a strategy. Thank you, Billion Dollar Roundtable. But- yes. Let's just actually be a little say, bit more innovative. Thank you. Exactly. How do we solve that? And then how do we, yeah, exactly. How do we create it? Oh, I've got plenty of those ideas, but I won't share it for everyone. Um, but yeah. Uh, well, of course you do have, yes. <laughs> you have to keep some competitive advantage. I, now that you've, you know, yes. I'm like, oh, I can tell you, people can give me ideas all day and I can tell you how to execute it. I don't know. That's just how my brain works. It's like, I love that. That's why we make such a good pair. I exactly. come up with airbrain ideas and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I can operationalize that. Give me a minute. Yeah, Give me a minute. Yeah. Like 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Yes. These are all things that if we want to start tackling it and showing others how yeah. effective it can be, then I think we should go for it. And anyone who's listening, who wants right? to participate, you are welcome to join us. Please this, let us know. As well. Yes. Well, thank you so much for listening. And that's right. Yes. Dealing with us rambling there for a few minutes. So yes, thank you for sticking with it to the end. <laughs> sure to connect with us on LinkedIn at Chloe Reed and Adam Moore. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave us a review. Please do. On Apple Podcasts and check out our previous shows. Stay tuned for next time. 
Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us and participating in these conversations. Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here and we look forward to seeing you next week.